Today's Transmissions podcast is brought to you by 80stees.com. 80stees.com has an incredible selection of Transformers shirts and hoodies, including some amazing Transformers costume hoodies. Transform into Grimlock, Megatron, or even Optimus Prime with the 80stees.com costume hoodies. Hello all sentient beings and welcome to the Transmissions Podcast where we talk about all news, toys, and comic books related to the Transformers! On this episode of Transmissions, we welcome the crew from Play With Us 2 to talk about toys. So put your favorite action figures in your favorite poses, we're about to start Transmissions. Welcome to Transmissions, the podcast that you can play with, too. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Yusuf, better known as Yoshi. Yo! Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Oh, hello. (laughs) Wake up, Jeremy, wake up. (laughs) I've had a long day. And Daryl, the Cybertronian beast. Hey, Hey, everybody, how's it going? I'm back. So let's talk Transformers. All right, so Daryl, you brought a few guests with you today to be on the show, so who have you brought? Yeah, damn right. Uh, Today, uh, we have the three pillars of the Play With This 2 independent company uh, that has really been making some noise lately, and uh, we at Transmissions are not above jumping on the bandwagon, too. So hop on up here with me and help me welcome Rick Alvarez, Candice, and Santora, and Trent Troop to the show. Yay! Yes, I'm on a show. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> what are the prizes and how do I win them? <laughs> there are no prizes, but the competition will be harsh. <laughs> Wait, this isn't... I thought this was Crossfire. I thought it was booked for Crossfire. <laughs> I have studied the wrong talking points. <laughs> we'll get into Benghazi later. <laughs> it's GoBots versus Transformers on Crossfire. It's all a dream. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to start off with is uh, basically a little bit about uh, you, Rick. Uh, who are you, and 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 what do you do when you're uh, you know when you're not uh, making toys? Well, let's see. I'm. Uh... Rick Alvarez. I, I used to work for a little known company uh, called Hasbro. Um, I used to be the creative manager for the Transformers and the G.I. Joe brands. Uh, Transformers, they're, they're figures that turn from one thing into another. So I don't know if you heard. I used to be uh, one of the guys involved in that. Part of a big team. Did some <laughs> toy stuff, did some show stuff, some video game stuff over there. Anything with story would come through my path. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work with Trent while I was there a little bit. Uh, I brought him on board as a freelancer. Uh, I would know Trent from working with uh, the great team at Fun Publications for the last couple of years on their BotCon and their JoeCon stuff. And uh, and then there's Candy, who uh, we re- recruited after uh, meeting her at a toy show in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a state uh, right next to West Virginia <laughs> and uh, adjacent to Nevada. 
So I think, I think Charles not part of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I as a Canadian have no idea where you're talking about, but uh, it's, it's in the southern eastern uh, part of the U.S. Uh, near California. Yes. Just imagine <laughs> happiness, Daryl. There's, there's going to be a lot of corrections on this show. <laughs> so, well, just like Crossfire, you know, you have you roll your corrections at the end. So, uh, so that's a little bit of a me. I'm I'm a I'm a dad. I've got uh, at least two kids that I know of. Um, <laughs> I, I stay at home with them. I feed them, bathe them, teach them things, uh, how to pick locks, how to go to the potty. And uh, then when I'm not doing all that stuff, I'm kind of running this whole play with this two deal with, uh, with a bunch of friends. Trying to make something happen. Trying to stay creative. Trying to, trying to keep our names and our, uh, our creativity flowing. That's pretty cool. So, were you guys uh, Transformers fans before uh, before you really got uh, into you know working at Hasbro? Uh, you know, you and Trent there. Well, I I was a huge fan. I still am a huge Transformers fan. I had met Aaron Archer, uh, who ended up being my boss at Hasbro for. I met him about ten years ago, a little over ten years ago. I was invited up to a event at Hasbro, a, a media event. And he's like, Hey, you're that guy who wrote that book. And I'm like, huh? He's like, I'm Orson. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't quite get it until a couple of days later. And, uh, and I shot him an email and we just kind of became friends ever since then. That's cool. And, uh, I had pr- a pretty large transformers collection. And, uh, there was a couple of times here and there, People at Hasbro would say, hey, do you have this? Can we borrow this? Or what are your thoughts on these? And eventually it got to the point where working with Fun Pub and knowing Aaron and a lot of the people there at Hasbro, they said, hey, we have this new department opening called HasLab. And they're basically going to be the stewards of the brands. And would you like to come aboard? And I was the first person hired into that brand. Um, I think uh, partly because of my collection because they wanted access to it to photograph and borrow stuff and because of my knowledge of the brand and because i had shown that i could be a fairly competent person so that's, uh, that, cool. that's how i got in that's how i tricked the people at hasbro to hiring me <laughs> <laughs> i i have been a a fan of transformers i guess the, the easiest thing would be to lay out the time period that i wasn't which was probably around 1987 to 1993. There was a brief gap there, but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was heavily involved in Alt Toys Transformers back in the day. Uh, you know, in my embarrassing youth, and I created a fan film uh, in because I've been learning 3D Studio uh, called Death of the Golden Disc, which was a uh, prequel to Beast Wars. And then uh, later on, doing their um, their uh, Dawn of Futures, what was the name of that title? That one, uh, the the B- Beast Wars prequel set, Dawn uh, of Futures Past. Dawn of Futures Past. I had coincidentally started gearing up to do a redo of uh, of Theft of the Golden Disc uh, with my better technology and better knowledge, and so I got in touch with uh, with them about that and their own work a little bit more closely and that was a cool little project and that got me on with uh, fun publications with greg Seplak doing uh doing writing 
amongst other things. And from there, Rick got me involved with uh, doing freelance with Hasbro as a, as a writer, did a work on a number of different projects and so forth, of which I am unsure of what I'm allowed to talk about, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Wow. So you guys both kind of just kind of fell into Hasbro jobs. <laughs> uh, that's one way of putting it. Um, I like to think of it as more of um, uh, aggressive negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you just kind of know somebody. So, like, I knew somebody who got me a job at Hasbro. And then I knew Trent, and I wanted to get him a job at Hasbro, so I hired him. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> so you got you did what you did what you needed to do. Um so you said that Aaron Archer was your boss and we we just recently talked to Aaron on the show. Um where did what did your position where did it sit in relation to Aaron's? Uh about 3 feet away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um our offices were adjacent to each other. So Aaron was the vice president in charge of the brand. So everything would ideally go through him. He would have the final say. Licensing, story, designs, anything that had to do with a video game, with a toy, movie, uh, as much as Hasbro had control of the movies, uh, TV shows. And then I was his proxy. I was his uh, consigliere, almost. So I fell right beneath Aaron in that regards. And uh, a lot of the story, he would do the big picture stuff. And then a lot of the smaller stuff would fall on to me or a lot of the fill in the blanks details type of stuff. Hey, what do we call this MacGuffin? Hey, we need a character for this. Hey, what's your thoughts on XYZ MacGuffins for the movie? So I was there basically to assist him. Okay. You didn't happen to name the cube, the cube, did you? No, that was before my time. I got hired about six months before Revenge of the Fallen came out. Oh, okay. I, was, uh, I, I always wanted the cube to have a better name than just the cube. My, uh, my role in things was uh, as a freelance writer, and I would get, uh, we would get tossed a, a concept, and it would be, we want X number of story pitches for this. This scenario may come up in the future, we need uh, a number of potential story directions to go. We need bios for the uh, the Transformers movie uh, two website. We need uh, like uh, one thing that never did wind up. I think I I can talk about this because the line has come and gone. Um, they uh, Aaron hired me and Greg on to come up with uh, story pitches for bot shots at one point. Um, okay. And we came up with, I think it wound up being like three different pitches. One was like a, uh, a agreed upon neutral ground, like Cybertronian Olympics. Another one was more of a like grand master summoning uh, a grand master summoning warriors from out time and space to compete in competitions and a couple of other different things of that nature. Um, so basically my idea was to uh, one the 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 feeling I always got was that I was brought on because I knew the lore, but I was not precious about any of it. And I was willing. Uh, Greg and I were willing to reinterpret anything that happened. Uh, it didn't have to be G one e for us to like it, uh, which uh, was a marketable skill, I guess. Cool. That's that's an interesting position to be in. I bet. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. at one point 
uh, we had even talked about a bot shots movie. And I remember sitting in a meeting with Steven Davis about it. Um, do like a, like a bot shots feature film or like a straight to TV movie. Neat. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my, that, I think that might've been what you were working on Trent. Okay. Yeah. I, I never got a full view of what we were working on. Although, um, I have seen various things that I have contributed crop up in things uh, as recently as this year. So that's gratifying. Cool. Just to clarify, who is Stephen Davis? Stephen Davis was the vice president in charge of the hub. And now he is in charge of uh, content, which is basically uh, he's basically a one person has lab now for all intents and purposes. Okay. So he basically okay. has the job that Aaron and I had, which was to be the brand steward of, but he's focused on entertainment. So TV and movies. Okay, cool. Uh, now, Rick, there was a rumor on Twitter um, that uh, said that the Age of Extinction Dinobots were going to have speaking roles before Michael Bay overruled it. Is that true? Well, I don't know if Michael Bay overrules things because we don't ever, whenever we made something in a presentation to the studio it was never, Hey, it has to be like this or nothing. So it was never a, an overruled thing. It was just, maybe it's a, uh, no, I don't like that mm-hmm. situation. Um, so at one point, uh, I had left right at, as the first script for age of extension had come in. And in a lot of the storyboards and arts that we had created and a lot of the discussions we had had, um, the Dinobots did show up a little earlier uh, closer to the end of the first act. Uh, and Grimlock was really the only one who spoke, who had any character development. Right. So he did speak and it was kind of a journey for him to become an Autobot. Uh, and there was another character in the film who had a journey to become an Autobot, but he obviously got dropped from the movie. Um, so, I mean, we had talked about, uh, it was the original five Dinobots. We had created control art or not control art, amazing mood pieces for for that for all five guys Mm -hmm. and um they really had some amazing powers uh one of my favorite ones was um who's the uh who's the stegosaurus uh snarl Uh, right yeah yeah Yeah, so we created a piece of art where he was running and then he would launch forward and then he would become like a spinning wheel of death with all those spikes on his back he would like coil into a ball and he would like roll down the city street tearing up all the street and throwing all the concrete and stuff, ripping through Decepticons. And, uh, and Lockdown was, uh, was you know, primary bad guy, but he was very much more of the beat-up type of car. He was, a, he was a remnant of the Battle of Chicago, and he kind of led this gang of survivors called the Lords of Deception. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, so I don't know if uh, at any point all five Dinobots talked. In fact, I think only four of them made it into the movie. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I only saw the movie uh, six times, so don't, <laughs> I don't remember it too well. Well, well none of the Dinobots talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they did not, and in fact, they did not even need to be in that film. No, <laughs> there was no need for them to be in that film at all. I mean, yeah. I was, I, I, I went to see that movie by myself because you know I had a very close connection to it, and I had worked on it, and. It was cool to see a lot of the stuff that I had worked on with Aaron. We had brainstormed be in the film and how and, and see how a lot of things we came up with kind of got changed by the writers and whatnot. But I'm like halfway through this movie 
and they're like raiding that Decepticon ship about to rescue Optimus. And I'm like, shit, this was a great fucking movie. And then I realized the Dinobots haven't shown up yet. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. I got at least another two hours of this shit. <laughs> and, that, uh, that, yeah, sure, sure enough. As a, as a writer, I can say that was a, uh, a good one and three fourths movies. <laughs> uh, really, really should have been split into two films and edited a little bit more. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was no need for Galvatron to be in that film. Nope. No need for the Dinobots to be in that film. Nope. So what what is I mean, as people who have worked in the industry and I mean, Candace, feel free to get in on this, too. What is your opinion on how the live action movies turn have turned out so far? Uh, well, look, I'll, I'll speak from my, from my point of view, having been the fan and then having worked behind the scenes and actually having worked on the films, uh, those films did an amazing job as far as promoting the brand and taking it to a whole new level. If you look at the sales of toys in licensed goods prior to that first film, and then you look at it after the film, I mean, you're talking, you're talking a difference of like a billion and a half dollars. Yeah. So it really just elevated the the brand to a worldwide franchise. So I'm very grateful that the films did that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I think the films are great in all capacity or that some things could could have been tweaked, but. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's one thing that we've come to all kind of agree on, whether we we like the films or not, is that they they have they have really provided for the fans the ability for Hasbro to really make the the figures and the the toys that we've we've wanted just having that extra income yeah uh <laughs> for good or ill um we've we've seen what happens to old 80s uh to old 80s properties that don't wind up getting a successful film franchise and it ain't pretty mm-hmm. um so yeah there's that i i just um I'm I'm glad for a cha- I'm glad for the idea that the next one will change things up a bit. I think it's uh, they maybe have not evolved as quickly as they might have. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> but I, I don't mean that as any kind of slight. It's just that uh, anytime you've got one writer and director combo that's been working on four movies in the same series, it's bound to get a little rusty. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm just a fan, really. So I I like the whole, you know, you get to see these giant alien robots duking it out and stuff. But to me, it's kind of the, the character development seemed a little weak and stories and whatnot. But if you're just if you're just watching it for the action, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't too blown away. Yeah. Just to go back to. Um your guys comment about how it was such, you know, so much movie was packed in packed into that two hour and 45 minute show. Um, I get the sense like when, when artists get us to a certain level that they can basically ignore editors. Do you think that's what kind of happens with the transformers movie? Like uh, for example, uh, you're talking about the Lucas effect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about the I, Lucas effect in episode one, the Phantom Menace. Okay, I didn't know it had a name, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a good example. Another example would be someone like George R. R. Martin, 
who his later books get bigger and bigger, and he basically ignores his editors and just changes them to what he wants and, you know, just keeps, you know, making them larger and larger. And so they take longer and longer. I think money speaks. So I think when you have a movie that made a billion dollars and a director or a writer or producer says, hey, we're going to do it like this. I don't think you really have too many people questioning them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's all about money. Right. So I, I mean, when George Lucas said, hey, Jar Jar Binks is the next Chewbacca, everyone kind of like, yeah, OK, well, he invented <laughs> who, who would have thought that a big giant Yeti would have been, you know, loved by millions of fans. But sure. So I don't think there was a lot of people who were saying, oh, well, you know, Jar Jar looks weird. But, you know, George says he's going to be the next Chewbacca. OK. <laughs> my uh my analogy for this uh for this situation kind of falls back on uh, and this shows my age twin peaks um <laughs> which is uh you watch twin peaks and twin peaks is awesome <clears throat> it's it's late it's fascinating interesting characters layered symbolism everything you'd want from a creepy little uh little soap opera set in a tiny little town um then you kind of go and see the stuff lynch does on his own and it's real hit or miss. And it tend, there tends to be this pattern that if he, there's somebody to kind of rein him in a little bit and provide an outside perspective, he does better work. Uh, this is true of certain other writers. Your, um, your Grant Morrison's in some cases, uh, you know, things of that nature. Uh, there is something to be said for, at the risk of invoking a meme, too many cooks spoiling the broth. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need a couple extra cooks in the kitchen to uh, keep the uh, keep the the head chef from falling back on his own personal love of sweetbreads. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, so well, let's put the uh, the the movie discussion to bed for the, for now. <laughs> That's uh, it's been talked to death, and. Uh, Let's move on to something uh, a little bit more familiar for for you guys. Uh, anyway, um, independent company discussion, or as the fandom likes to call it, third party. Um, the 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 brand Transformers has spawned a lot of different independent companies. Um, do you guys see the bubble on this bursting anytime soon? I point to the example of eleven different companies making Dinobots. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think the bubble hit when we had three different companies making Predacang. <laughs> then the Dinobots really kind of blew everything out of the water. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think people are going to start to get more specific with their purchasing, mm-hmm. and I think it comes down to aesthetics yeah. and what what people like, uh, companies they like, and uh, I, I think. I think the days of companies making six different Dinobot sets is gonna gonna start coming down to um, who makes the announcement first. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're getting, we're doing this. Okay, they're doing that. Let's scrap this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Rather than competing with each other, yeah. I, I think that competition is is really hurting each other more than um, spreading the dollars. Oh, further. of course. There's no way it's sustainable. Well, I haven't had a lot of interaction with a lot of other third-party transformer groups as you might call them but i have been talking and exchanging information with a lot of indie toy makers uh since that's kind of uh how i see uh that's how i always saw bmog is that bmog wasn't really a third-party transformers thing it was its own thing that Mm -hmm. played with that's right and um 
And so one of the things that I've noted is that the people in those groups uh, are all very helpful and cooperative. And it's because nobody's really directly competing against each other. There's nothing to be lost by helping each other out and everything to be gained. Mm -hmm. And I could see a future where uh, your various uh, third-party Transformer groups maybe start cooperating with each other to avoid overlap and sort of maximize for the audience. Yeah. Uh, there's really no reason not to, I guess would be a good way to put it. Um, I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, I mean, you have company a say, I'm going to make, or we're going to make a Predaking this year. Right. And then the rest of them say, okay, fantastic. You make a Predaking this year and, and, you know, two years or three years down the road, we'll make a Predaking, you know, we can do that. Right. And then, you know, you have all this, you know, internal discussion, um, I think that's a I think that's a wonderful idea. Um, you, you know, I hope they get that organized, but at the end of the day, when you have X amount of dollars already invested into developing something mm-hmm. and then you see someone else doing it, I understand their point of view where they say, "All right, fuck it. I mean, we've spent $500,000 on this already. Let's just make it." Yeah. Rather than saying, "Hey, let's wait 3 years to put this out." Yeah. Because that is a big it, it is a huge investment to me mm-hmm. these oh. figures yes yeah and um but yeah it's the market i see ultimately uh, any other circumstances notwithstanding the, the market is going to evolve it's going to do what it needs to do and um in along those lines you know if you're if you're in a situation where the market's going to be evolving uh you have to change with it or you run the risk of getting left behind that's right and you know, the people who are doing third party stuff a lot of them are doing some really interesting, really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of would like to see I, I'd I'd like to see the individual companies maybe generate a little bit more individual like flavor. Okay. Um and this is just, you know, at, from a consumer standpoint. I am not criticizing anybody else's business model or anything like that, but there's sort of a thing where, like, you can always kind of tell a Hasbro Transformer from a transforming robot from another company. Mm-hmm. And it would be interesting to be able to go, well, from the look of that, I can clearly tell that that's coming from Fans Project as opposed to uh, uh, what's one of the other company's groups? Uh, make Toys. Make yeah. to- as opposed to Make Toys or yeah. something, you know, uh, style sig- uh, signature styles or, you know, features or things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it's. It's it is getting to that point, and like you said, Fans Project has gotten to the point where they are very um, stylistic in their in their, their designs. So, um, so yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And, and you get to the point where you are, if you are a consumer of this, you 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 either you really like it, and that's what you want to go with. And um, if you've you're into their, you know, let's say their Headmaster series, you you like it or you don't. And there is another company producing a, a Headmaster series that looks nothing like it but still offers you the same characters so there is uh there are options out there but there aren't in the case of the dinobots 11 different which is just it's somebody's going to get eaten in on this deal it's not yeah yeah ultimately they they're all going to suffer on on that deal yeah because there's only so many dollars and there's only so many people who will collect all of them Mm -hmm. to go around it doesn't even need to be all of them I mean, you need to have somebody want to say, I'm going to collect, you know, there's, there's the one out there that's, they, they're the brand new company and it's uh, G creation 
and they're coming out with a, a combining Dinobot, you know, gestalt. And I mean, this is the first thing they're doing. Who's going to take the risk on that? These are over a hundred dollars a figure, and it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, it, I, I as a as a person on the outside looking in, I, I just I can't imagine the logic in, in in coming up with something like this. But that's just me. Anyway, let's let's get into some play with this too. I'm I'm interested into to hearing what you guys got coming up. But uh, first, what uh, what prompted you to start your own uh, independent company? Well, I think it it just really had to do with wanting to be creative, and I got into 3D printing. And Trent and I had talked about doing a 3D printed character, and looking at it, it just once we had it printed, it just wasn't of the quality we needed to be to really sell it wholesale. And that kind of got me thinking, well, if uh, we can do a 3D printed character, what else can we do? How far can we take it? And that kind of led me down the path I've been on for the last year and a half of putting together an an elite uh, team of people that I used to work with in the industry and uh, who are no longer, uh, in many cases, Mm -hmm. uh, working for the big H. I said, hey, what are you you up to these days? Do you want to work? I'm thinking about doing this. And uh, it's kind of led me to where I am now. And I'm hoping that there will be enough interest between the designs and the people involved that uh, come February, uh, people will support us. And they'll say, hey, uh, I want to I trust these guys. I'm going to take a chance on them uh, because a lot of these guys know what they're doing or they've been doing this for so long that I'm sure what they turn out is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So where did the name uh, play with this two come from? I've heard, I've heard you mention it before, but just, you know, for our listeners sake, who may not have heard it, um, get you to tell that, that story again. Yeah. So there is a store in South Jersey in Burlington, New Jersey called play with this, and they have been in business for over 20 years. And I used to work for that store. I worked for that store for eight years straight, all through college, all through high school, all through college. And the guy who runs it, Scott Tallis, he is basically like a father to me. Nice. And the store is still there. And his kids, they're just, they're just not going to take over the business. Uh, they're going to do their own thing. And I came to Scott. I'm like, hey, would it be okay with you if I honored you by kind of taking this name and putting a little spin on it and using it as my own trading under, under uh, what you've built kind of deal? And he said, of course, you're, you're like a son to me. Go ahead, rock on. <laughs> and so I just put the two at the end of it. And that's how Play With This 2 came into being. Nice. Originally, the company was going to be called Chantel's Tears. True story. <laughs> Absolutely true story. So it was going to be called Chantel's Tears. And the idea was, who the fuck is Chantel? Mm-hmm. Why is she crying? <laughs> is she crying over these toys? Did she? What the hell happened to her? She has some some shit at home she's got to deal with. I don't know. So that that's actually I, I think it worked out better for us. A lot of people we see online saying, "Oh, they should change the company name." Well, you know, the company name did get changed. I think it was yeah. I think it was for the best. Yeah, it, it is uh, deeply gratifying to me that I am not the only one who comes up with unworkable esoteric artsy ideas around here <laughs> I, I think there will be a character one day called Chantel just <laughs> just you know 
just to honor that. With a concept. single tear on the yeah, cheek. The, <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. gangster. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Plus, I like the uh, the uh, the wordplay with the play with this too, where you've you've gone and made it the like the sequel to the original. Yeah, and then and then you could always play with their stuff, but you can play with this too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned. Uh, just on the previous question about uh, you, you've you've gone and grabbed like the most epic team to work with, and I mean, like, damn, you you sure have. I mean, I mean, we're sitting here talking with with Trent as uh, right here, um, but you've also grabbed Simon Furman. I mean, that's huge, dude. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, <laughs> Simon Furman, uh, guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to tell a story. Uh, we can market off that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a person I respect very much and we've had some great nights out <laughs> him and I, some stuff I can't talk about on the air, but, uh, him and I, we've had some great nights out and, uh, he's a guy I love very much. So he, he honored, honors me really by doing me a favor and I'm very humbled by that's, it that's that, awesome. he, that he would come and join us. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a legend, man. Well done. Uh, and then obviously we've mentioned him a couple times already, Aaron Archer. That's that's also huge. Yeah, that guy. That that that's yeah, yeah. That, that dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aaron and I were were very close friends. I, I actually married him off to his wife. Uh, I I am a reverend. I'm the Reverend Rick Alvarez, <laughs> and uh, and I did perform his ceremony at his wedding. That's awesome. So him and I we go back. We go we go back a ways. Now, when did the discussion start with Aaron? Um, because I saw him at TFCon Toronto. And his mm-hmm. his views on the independent companies at the time were extremely black and white. Yeah. Um, by the time TFCon Chicago rolled around, you guys had announced that he was joining the team, and his tune had changed considerably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and there seems to be some flack about that online. But you know what? People's opinions change. And yeah. I think it's all in how it's presented to people and, and worded and whatnot. So... Uh, as I said, Aaron and I, we are great friends, and we go back a long ways. And I always had kept Aaron in the loop saying, hey, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm doing. Because mm-hmm. uh, he had stayed at Hasbro for, I think, uh, six months more than I did. And uh, I always just kept them in the loop. Hey, you know, this is what I'm up to. And then one day, um, I, I, you know, you're making me think back about this. Jeez. Uh I forget what happened. I think I was I was at his house or something, and I said, "Hey, what are you doing?" Oh, I think that's what it was. Yeah, he had just moved back to Rhode Island because he had moved down to North Carolina for a while to start an art studio. Yes, yeah. and then he sold that studio, so he was back in Rhode Island. And I said, "Hey, what are you up to?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I don't I don't have much on the docket and doing a couple things for Hasbro, whatever." And I said, well, let me come up and talk to you about my thing. He's like, you're still doing that? I'm like, yeah, I'm still doing that. So uh, <laughs> I went up and I saw him and I brought a few toys with me. And I said, hey, look at this. Remember when we talked about doing something like this? And uh, one of them was that Scoria figure, which is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is a true piece of art. And uh, I said, hey, you know, there's a, there's a way to approach this that doesn't uh, – that is the right way to approach this. And uh, – this is kind of the team I've built and here's kind of our long-term vision or five-year plan. And I kind of went through everything with him, uh, the long-term goals. And I said, Hey, 
you know, I, I want you a, a part of this because uh, of just not just your name recognition, but because of how much you mean to me and how much you really taught me. And mm-hmm. uh, at Hasbro, we used to say I was his Padawan. <laughs> so uh, I showed him a, a few toys and I showed him the long term plan. And he said, you know what, Rick, you're uh, you're on to something. And uh, that that was kind of uh, how he joined the team. Cool. That's cool. So with the, with regards to the toys, um, I, I guess it's not, uh, not too far fetched to say that they, they resemble G1 pretenders, uh, very much so. So, uh, what prompted the first wave of toys to, to really be inspired by those? Well, here, here's what I'll say to that real quick. Um, if you take, uh, I'll use Astrobass as, as an example. Mm-hmm. If you take our Astro Blast and you put that next to a G1 toy, okay. you really kind of notice that the designs are actually very different. And Deco goes a long way. Okay. So that's that's how I'll, I'll answer that question. Uh, <laughs> okay. I am a fan of all things 80s. Yes. G.I. Joe, Transformers, Centurion, Thundercats, Inhumanoids, Legos, Mr. T, Pee Wee Herman, you name it. And um, I just kind of want to make something that recaptures the spirit of what I loved uh, about 80s toys that I think uh, toys today that fit into that predetermined footprint that Walmart and Target and Toys R Us says, hey, it's going to fit within this space and it's going to cost us this much and then we're going to sell it for X, Y, Z and you have to make it for this much. Um I kind of want to do something that it's it's a toy for being a toy and it's not a toy for being something that uh is there just to continue a system that is uh self-defeating. Yeah. If that if that makes sense. I want to yeah. be so, I want to I want to make something cool and I want to have the liberty to make something cool and sometimes when those big chain stores are a part of your system and a part of the system that you need to survive as it is at certain companies. Um, I think that kind of limits how much control you have over your own designs. And yeah. so I want to do something that's independent of that. Yeah, no, that's true. And they are, they're very cool. Thank you. Just to continue on with that thought, the, the, uh, the toys that you guys are designing, they, they make me think of this is what the pretender shells that I had in the eighties, you know, should have been or, or were to my, you know, my 10 year old mind that they couldn't, they, you know, cause I, cause I had the cloudburst toy. I had the cloudburst pretender shell and it's terrible. I mean, <laughs> it's arms move and that's it. And so, you know, seeing, seeing what you guys are doing, it evokes the memory of of what those uh, what those toys were, but you know it's 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 so much uh, better engineering and much more playable and everything. So uh, I definitely I definitely appreciate that and how and how it's evoking the '80s, but taking it you know so many steps further. I think the key, if you're going to do something that's '80s inspired, I think the key is not repeating what came in the past. Because I'll, I'll give you an example. When you look at those old He-Man and Thundercats cartoons, they're pretty hard to watch. They're god awful. <laughs> but when you were a kid, you remember, oh, that was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
And then you go back and you look at them and it's like, uh, not, not as cool as I remember. So mm-hmm. it's, it's what you remember. It's how you remember it being cool, not actually what it was. So a lot of people who I say, oh, well, the figure doesn't fit inside. That's not cool. You know what? We could have put the figure inside if we did. Uh, how cool would it have been actually? It, it really just infringes on the design and the posability and, Mm-hmm. It really limits the uh, movement of the figure. You'd be mm-hmm. stuck with a lot of what they had to deal with, the original toy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'd be basically making the mistake that was made in the 80s. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the um, and that, and it would also just disrupt any attempts at going outside of that one influence. Because uh, as I, as I see the the line, and ultimately it is Rick's line, but I have my own my own views, which have been slow stirred slowly into the pot. Um, there is a whole genre of '80s toy the uh, the the fantasy slash sci fi sword and sorcery genre of toys, uh, which was not just He Man but Black Star and a whole bunch of other lines that were in that sort of six, uh, five to seven inch tall, uh, kind of, they were really free, uh, free form when it came to the imagination. And that's kind of the genre I see us going for. It's like, okay, well, we're on a planet of space cowboys and his horse turns into a robot with a, uh, with a blunderbuss. Hmm. That, that's fair game in that time period, and you really don't see that in most things nowadays. That kind of yeah. just what I, I think a lot of brands imagine. stick to one concept, and I'll use I'll use a, a brand new band, brand like Ninjago. It's just ninjas, right? But in our world, you can have a ninja, you can have a cowboy, you can have a demon, you can have a number of different things that all kind of make sense within the world. Yeah, really. I think the only uh, the only franchise that's managed that kind of freeform crazy in uh, any kind of degree in today's market is Ben Ten. Um, everywhere else, it's uh, things are are much more regimented, and so that's that's where things like the uh, the the Knights of the Coil, uh, the the Serpents of the Coiled Table, come from. Is just that Arthurian serpent men that works in this universe. <laughs> yeah, and they'll have a they'll have a place in the story, and uh, the the bigger story of all the characters involved in that uh, Arthurian legend reimagined as snake people. Well, it all fits in our world. Cool. Now, from the from the designs, and and perhaps I'm just an idiot and haven't been able to see it. Um, what kind of articulation are we looking at on these figures? Do we have, I mean, obviously the arms and the legs, uh, they come off and they disassemble. Um, but do the, do the, the arms have wrist swivels? Are we looking at elbows? Do we have knees? Yes, we have knees. We have elbows. We have ball and socket joints at the shoulders and at the hips. So you could take, uh, any arm off any character and switch it with another character and the legs and so forth. Okay. Uh, the heads fit on ball joints and those ball joints are designed so that you can use uh, our heads on a lot of different figures, not just our figures, but maybe uh, maybe some Masters of the Universe classics, maybe some Marvel Legends, 
Uh, our hands pop off, and they will be five millimeter ports at the socket, which means mm-hmm. you can replace that handle with a weapon. Our awesome. feet will pop off, and they'll be interchangeable with just about every feet in our uh, action figure line. So there's going to be a lot of articulation uh, throughout the entire line. Yeah, I, I, I could, I definitely got the impression about the the interchangeability of it. I just didn't know of the uh, if there was an articulation aspect to the figure as well. Um, so no, that's awesome. I, I'm really happy to hear that. There, there will be, and I think uh, that'll that'll definitely come out when we show the prototype coming in January. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, this may be too early to ask this, but um, do you have any idea as to what the target price point is for these figures? I don't think we're going to announce what the price for the crowdfunding thing is until that hits. Oh, not even the crowdfunding. I mean, that's going to be its own thing. But what after that's over? Uh, well, it's too, you know, it's too early to talk about that stuff just because it all kind of depends on the crowdfunding. If mm-hmm. people support us and they want to see these figures and more of these figures, then um, we need to have a successful Kickstarter, basically, to yeah. get going. Yeah. But and as, I, far, as far as the price goes in general, our, our mission is to keep these as low as possible for the consumer and for retailers mm-hmm. uh, so that they can get into the hands of as many people as possible. Yeah. Cause I, w- I mean, looking at them, you're in the, you're kind of in the market as the, like you said, the Marvel's universe figures, but those are, those are mass produced and, and, you know, uh, they're sitting in, in Canada here, they sit at about 24, $25 a piece. Um, but then again, you know, if you're selling these through your own web store or through, um, you know, a BBTS or, or whatnot, uh, then, I mean, I, I don't know what, what would, yeah, I, the, the difference between us and, and some of those other bigger brands is that, look, they'll, they'll make 9 million, 12 million Captain Americas and Iron Man's, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to make three to 5,000, 6,000 units per character. Yeah. So there, there will be a difference in price, but I think the playability, the character dynamics, the details, the story involved, and everyone who's attached to this project kind of makes it that much more yeah. um, valuable. And again, it's the indie toy market, so it's a small market, so you know what you're buying into off the bat. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at the um, Headshots Volume 1, um, the, uh, the, the three heads you got there. Who, mm-hmm. who, who comes up with the names? <laughs> uh, so those were designed by Steve Redinger. <laughs> I'm particularly I, interested in the, uh, the, the skull. Terrible, yes. yeah. yeah. No, no. So, uh, <laughs> so, okay. So I gave all the artists uh, leeway and I say, all right, guys, you're off the chain. Design the three heads that you want to design. I don't want to see them until they're done. Yep. And come up with names. And Steve didn't really come up with names. He needed some help in that regard. So it was getting close to the time where we were going to unveil them. So I said, ah, screw it. I looked at them and I said, that is an evil looking thing. I don't know what that thing is, but that looks badass shit. Uh, so I came up with the name. So if there's anyone who's mad at the name, you know, these are adult targeted collectibles. I'm, I make no apology for, for what we're producing or what the names of these characters are. I love it. I love it. it. I'm sure that if it somehow lands at TRU, we can come up with a different name. But (laughs) yes, yes. 
He'll be buttfucker instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ma- Matthew Ignash always pronounces it as skull fucker. So it's taking off meet the fuckers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I-, I like to say it appeals to our Canadian uh, fan base. It's, it's skull fuck you. Yeah. yeah. I I actually I really really like the uh, the headshots aspect that you're doing, um, and and I mean I'm not a huge collector of the six inch figures, um, but this this really is something that I can I can get behind because there's always that one figure that I'm looking at thinking, you know what I really want a figure of that or that looks super fucking badass and I I really want to get that thing and put that on my you know my shelf or something. Which I have a five-year-old daughter. Uh, I'm sorry, skull fucker is not coming in my house. <laughs> well, you can call it whatever you want to call it. It's not. It probably won't have the name on the packaging. Well, it's whatever it, it's called. It looks like nightmare fuel to yes. my daughter. So, <laughs> okay, so. touche. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a three-year-old, so yeah. I, I I hear you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing about the headshots is so many people put out weapons packs yep uh i was trying to think of what can we do that's different and i I have a bunch of six inch action figures uh star wars black i'm a huge he-man collector uh i got a couple of select marvel legends marvel legends figures to go with my he-man guys and uh i said well man that thor looks really cool what if we put a different head on it Mm -hmm. and that kind of that's how i kind of came up with the spin uh if we're gonna do Weapons packs, let's do head packs. And then uh, I just kind of came up with that name and it quickly became something that all the artists can get into because it gives them uh, a creative uh, outlet that they have never experienced before um, in the toy industry. Yeah. Now, Candice, you, you've designed your, your own uh, headshots pack, right? I did. I did. Yes, and this was uh, Headshots Volume 7? Seven. 7, yes. Right. So I'm just taking a look at it here. Um, so, so so we should say real quick, we've only shown up to Headshots Volume 3. So uh-huh. we're kind of going to jump ahead, and because uh, we're talking about it, I, I think we're, we'll, we'll post this one up on Play With Us Tuesdays, but... Um, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Well, you've got, like we said this before we started, we got you got two weeks almost <laughs> until we post this vi- this uh, show, so you got some time. Um, but uh, yeah, Candice, what were what were your inspirations behind these heads? Well, it was it was a little difficult for me at first because, as Rick has said, we he told me whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking, what the hell do I want to do? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've always had trouble pulling things out of my head and putting them down on paper. I A lot of my artwork is fan art, so I have references for everything. And and it's, it's a little difficult for me. But um, I started to do some doodles and then um, just looking around at everyday things, really. Yeah. Uh, like trees. So there's dead wood. Yeah. I kind of want to make him mean looking or evil or so clearly something wrong with him. He's angry. <laughs> and um, uh, Lurk was uh, praying mantis based off praying mantis. Um, it's one of my favorite insects. So I saw one one day at work and I thought, why don't I just do one of those? And uh, Nug actually started off as a kernel of popcorn. Oh, nice. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> 
popcorn, you know, and and then we kind of turned it into a, a rocky kind of texture for him. So he's more of a rock guy. So they're actually all kind of turned into a nature-based kind of theme. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because that's what I think about Candace. I think when I think about Candy, I think she eats like granola bars <laughs> and like oats and drinks like unpasteurized milk. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Well, those are really cool. They're 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 really nice looking. Uh, I think you know what, Candy. I think you just named your set. Like those characters exist together, and they're called like Nature's Minions or something. <laughs> well done. I think I think you just made a new faction. Nature's Enforcers. <laughs> Nature's Enforcers. Yeah, Eco Squad or something. <laughs> Eco. So we've heard that you guys are making regular announcements every Tuesday as part of the Play with This Tuesday. Um, now, what uh, what might you guys be doing this coming Tuesday? Do you know? Uh, well, this Tuesday, I thought this was going to go up this Tuesday. I didn't realize it was going to be two weeks. Well, December so, 9th. Yeah, December okay, 9th. Yeah. So December 3rd, I guess, would be the next – or December 2nd would be the next play with this Tuesday. Yep. Um, I think you're going to see a character that explores the ocean. Okay. The deep, The deep ocean and – would ride a, I don't know, would ride waves or something like that. So I think we'll, we'll debut snorks. that. Um, we'll probably show uh, Candy's headshots. And I think uh, we'll play with this Tuesday. I think I think it's going to be like a whole day thing. It's not like, here here's a post. I think, hey, here's a post. Come back in a couple hours. We'll put something else up. Okay. But uh, I actually sent you guys something, and I kind of want to turn the tables on you guys now. Uh-oh. <laughs> I want to interview you guys, and I kind of sent you something that was the idea of, of one of our guys here behind the scenes. Okay. Of a character called, tentatively called Robat. And uh, no one's really seen this outside okay. the group. And I sent it to you guys, and I don't know where it fits. I don't know if it fits in our Kickstarter or if it fits in our retail assortment. Uh, what do you guys think about this character? I think it's awesome. <laughs> As like the the token Voltron fan on the the group, I I think it's just a- absolutely amazing reimagining of of a Robeast. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the detail. I I I looked at it and I immediately recognized the head from uh, from a previous uh, figure and uh, and the hands. So I I can see that the 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 reuse is has started there, um, but uh, the. The, the the sculpting in the torso is awesome. Um, are are those chains? Can you tell? Uh, are, will they be? I, I can't imagine they'll they'll be loose. But uh, those will probably be chains that fit on three millimeter pegs that you will be able to remove from that um, chest armor. But w- and then you'll be able to put those pegs, those three millimeter pegs, with the chains onto uh, several weapons. Wow. Well, but will the chains actually be loose? They will or, be metal chains. Whatever. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the plan as of right now. We'll see if we can afford it or not. But that's the plan. So those those metal chains will fit on three millimeter cha- uh, pegs. Yeah. That will fit into several weapons that will have three millimeter um, ports. We tried five millimeters, but the yeah. Uh, speaking of Chris Dahlberg, who is our figure sculptor, and he said it's just going to be a little too awkward. Okay. So we went with three millimeters for that. If if that's if that's what you're doing, that that's uber cool, man. Um, chains that are are actual chains. That's that's something you don't see very often, and and I love that. 
they could be used for like a mace-like weapon or something. Yeah, I love that. So so knowing that now, we're looking at a lot of our tech drones and we're saying, okay, where can we, in addition to a 5mm port, put in a 3mm port? Mm-hmm. And uh, and in our snake figures that we de- debuted last week, that tentacle arm for one of our snake characters, he actually has five millimeter ports going down his the length of that tentacle, and then as it tapers off towards the thin part of the tentacle, it becomes three millimeter ports. So you'll be <coughs> <coughs> sorry, guys, I got too excited. You'll be <laughs> you'll dial. be able to put. Um, those chains into the tentacles of that guy. So like he's holding like, like a chain or like a mace or something, and he's going to whip you with it. That's cool. Would it be possible to have like just maybe adapters that you could work in just something that's like a small decorative thing, but it's three millimeter one seven five on the other. Uh, potentially. But every time you talk about doing something like that, it's, it's kind of sucks being the boss. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> because a lot of people have really good ideas and then i have to be like all right that's going to cost us five thousand dollars that's going to cost us eleven thousand dollars <laughs> so as cool as that is we just can't do it right so um potentially we're going to try and make these as cool as possible that's at the end of the day this is not about making money or making profit there's there's some of that yes we we want to see a return on our investment I want to make sure the artists and the people who are involved are taken care of before I'm taken care of. You got to eat, but yeah, but you know that I want to make sure who everyone who's involved in this is happy at the end of the day. And I want to make sure that the people who the consumers who purchase these products are even happier. Mm -hmm. So that that's my personal goal to kind of satisfy everyone, both creatively and, um, personally when they purchase these figures so it's it's about making these as cool as possible so if i have to spend an extra five three ten grand that would otherwise go into my pocket or into a future item mm-hmm. um i'd rather do that than than pocket the cash and spend it on legos or something <laughs> well, that's very noble kudos well, i've got to say looking at this this robot figure it 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 would definitely be something i would i would like to stand next to a voltron just you know the the original Voltron Roby's figures were just horrible, and you you have a small picture here next mm-hmm. to it. Th- this guy actually looks like he could do some damage, and mm-hmm. you know it, it just looks awesome. All right, so I Wait. guess I guess you guys like it in general. That's, that's two of you. What about the third one? Four. We got four. Okay, four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I echo Jeremy in that I, I you know I watched Voltron as a kid, so. It definitely reminds me of the Robies. One thing, uh, and I don't know if this is even possible, would it be possible to have pegs on his back for wings? I, I definitely see wings would be a nice addition for this guy. The armor does have uh, pegs, five millimeter pegs on the back of it. Okay. Uh, but we don't have any wings planned. So this is one of those characters that's kind of Frankenstein from everything that we have existing. Okay. There's no new tooling on that guy. So oh, okay. he's just kind of like made up of what we have. So uh, you bring up the wings, and I think that's a good point. I think a character like that does need wings, and there's a couple other characters that do need organic bat-like, dragon-like wings. Mm-hmm. So you know, taking your feedback, I would say if we work them into our line plan for our crowdfunding campaign, I would say since he's all original parts, or all reused parts, 
I think we would have to spend the money to get him some wings. So that's good. For, see, that's why I send it to you guys because I want to see. What, <laughs> I wouldn't have pegged the wings as being like a like a sticking point, but obviously people have different opinions. So it's it's good to share and get that feedback. Yeah, and being as you you, you mentioned that he's he's no original parts. Um, I would I would uh, I would think you'd keep him in the uh, Kickstarter because um, when you start with a new with a new fresh lot outside of the kickstarter you you'd want something that's brand new right yes and uh, i mean these things cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to make right i mean they they cost an insane amount of money to make so um i think when post kickstarter we'll see a lot of the figures that we offered um available at retail mm mm-hmm. Uh, in a in a different venue, whether it's a different packaging or slightly different color, uh, I really want to keep the collectivity of the Kickstarter figures for everyone. So we're going to try and do that as much as possible. Okay. But um, I, I think uh, we we're kind of putting the cart before the horse. I think we need to get through the Kickstarter first. Yeah. And then we'll we'll talk about retail stuff. Yeah. No, I like it. I really do. And then now that you've mentioned that these chains detach, I can't get by the chains. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the, the chains detach. I'm just trying to think of a way you could incorporate them into a weapon we're, and make like a well, chain. We have, chain we have weapon. weapons where you incorporate them into. Right on. So we're, we're trying. If it, if it doesn't cost out, then we can't do it. But mm-hmm. we're, the plan right now is to make those chains. Mm-hmm. Wicked. <laughs> I like it. Yoshi, let's get your opinion. Oh, I was trying to be quiet so they didn't have to listen to me. <laughs> I'm 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 the worst person to talk to because I'm not who you're marketing to. Um I think you've got a phenomenal uh updated reimagining of a of a classic character and kudos to you guys. But I'm I'm the guy where nostalgia sells really applies to. You you put the old figure next to the new figure on a store shelf, I'm going to buy the old figure every time. You he's, know what that's okay. like. that, and that's good. <laughs> hey, all feedback to me is good feedback. Okay. It's not it's not going to appeal to everyone. I mean, not everyone in the world is going to be like, "Hey, we we got to have this." I think I, you might enjoy the retro stylings of Bmog. <laughs> <laughs> Put a lot of work into making that bear look like he came from 1988. <laughs> Do you have rubber tires? Oh, that's oh. my biggest bitch. <laughs> oh, fuck. So many third-party toys I would have bought by now if they had just put fucking rubber tires on. <laughs> well, let's see here. Where where do we got next? The um, Unless you wanted to ask us anything else there, Rick. Uh, no, I really like the feedback. Uh, you know, someone else mentioned wings, and they would love a set of wings with bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Um, I hear you guys. Wings. Wings would be cool. We'll see. And chains would be really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are there any plans um, looking ahead? I mean, you can say yes, or you can, you know, and you can say yes and not do it, but, you know, it'd be nice to, to know. But uh, female body types, uh, you know, is that a, is that a, a plan for, for you guys in the future? Eventually, but not part of the crowdfunding campaign as of right now okay uh steve redinger who's one of our principal designers he is probably one of the best designers of the female form okay 
uh, whenever there was a female character at Hasbro that needed to be designed, it would go to Steve. Uh, he he is just that is like his thing. He loves comic books. He loves the art of Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you kind of know the direction he's going to take him in. You know, Power Girl style. Yep. So um, <laughs> yeah, uh, female characters are a little tricky. So I think we have to design a character that we'd be able to get a number of uses out of. And we're we're not really focusing on that right now, but it is in the plan at some point. I, I just had a a, uh, a dirty thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, Candace. Inter- interchangeable breasts. <laughs> I think I think we can design a chess piece that has a five millimeter port. Where and I think we instead of a headshot, shut up and take my s- money. <laughs> you sell breast shots. There you go. And it's uh, it's you know you get your A cup, your B cup, your C cup, your D cup. It's, hey, you know, hey, it's it's a solid gold seller, man. I think so. Like you would, uh, <laughs> like we're we're thinking about doing something like that with capes. Where, hey, if you want a red cape and a green cape and a blue cape, here's here's a set of capes. Just buy the capes if you want. If you don't want them, don't buy them. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll do something like that. Well, you know, boob shots or something. I don't know. <laughs> Here I thought I was being a dick and having a dirty thought. He's he's already thought of it. <laughs> and it's in it's in pre production. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you weren't being a dick. It just means that you're in good company. Oh, that's true. Now, with regards to the fiction, um, if you had to describe like like your heroes you know what kind of it, would you compare them to any you know any he- heroic team or, or or faction that is already ex- in existence well i i would say our heroes they have an assortment of powers of unique powers so i guess you would say they're kind of like the x-men okay in that they each have their own you know kind of unique thing that they do okay um, one of my favorite characters is uh is quickly becoming Musculese, who's not even a part of our team. <laughs> He's his his name is the Mighty Musculese, son of Testosteros. Uh, totally uh, a name created by Trent. Oh, it, you're you're forgetting the rest of the title, which is third most powerful man in the universe. <laughs> and then the character's voice breaks in, going, "But then, we're, but we're totally uh, appealing the judge's decision, brah." <laughs> right. So he's. <laughs> He's our wrestler guy, and um, <laughs> and I would say maybe he's based off Hulk Hogan, but he looks like maybe like a guy who's got really strong hold that he does. Okay. Um, so he's he's quickly becoming one of my favorite guys, and that's why I was hoping we would do a Skype video tonight because I kind of shaved my Movember beard off to oh. be these handlebar mustaches because I'm I'm basing that mustache off mine. <laughs> So that everyone who buys a Musculese will be will have my face on their <laughs> on their shelf, and Musculese is going to be a, a a crowdfunding exclusive too. Okay. So if you want if you want to play with my face, <laughs> yeah, then you gotta you gotta buy into that Kickstarter, and then you can play with my face however you want to play with it. For uh, Rick, uh, Rick likens the team to uh, has, has what he likens the team to. I seen this as more of a knighthood that's perhaps out in space. Um, I don't know what you'd call that in short, but 
my uh, I, I'm coming up with a lot of the bios and the story background and stuff, and yeah. I tend towards this. It's sort of like um, there's a lot of 80s cartoon bombast in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, ca- the characters are big. They've got strong personalities. They've got unique powers with big, fancy, crazy names. And um, and they know what they do, and they do it. Uh, you've got guys like uh, Musculese, who is uh, the sort of big... You have other characters like the uh, you, like I said like I said we've got Ar- Artharian Snakemen who have their own uh, code of honor and their own knightly titles, but are also a a you know group of cold blooded reptiles from a, a serpent world, mm-hmm. uh, which could easily uh, serve as their own antagonists or you know partner up with Snakemen from some other planet um, populated by six inch figures <laughs> and. Um, but the uh we're we're doing something very uh f- we're doing something familiar but but new with it and okay. i i think a lot of it is that my insistence on story is to fall back on a sense of fun yeah each individual villain is their own thing they're not a faction they're a a, bu- a rogues gallery as as uh, rick likes to put it okay and so like i see say desolator the way that you might say, see Horde Prime or uh, Stampede from Brave Star or or something like that. Okay. So we have Schmidt we have a space Schmidt. demon, we have a vampire, we have uh, a wrestler, we've got an octopus guy, um, and that's I like the villains who are their own characters and their own motivations rather than they're serving a greater evil type of deal. Yeah, I think that I think that provides a better story. Like, you know, you you only have one villain per movie generally. Yeah, you know, so I lo- I look at it as that. And Trent and I are we're, and Aaron we're we're putting together our Bible, our story Bible, and our character Bible, and we'll present that to Simon Furman, and uh, he'll take that and uh, he'll he'll take it to the next level. Nice. So, just so I understand, there's there's no group of villains they're just they're just bad guys on their own facing the the good guys yeah and that's not to say that they might not make strategic alliances or or team up or anything like that it's just that um you know uh like say uh batman is way more interesting because he has these individual customized threats rather than just like one group of bad guys all with a theme right and um not that one group of bad guys all with the theme is a bad thing. I mean, works great for Cobra. Um, I think Cobra's held up better than their good guys have. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, what I want from the characters is I want the name alone, title alone, the top part of the bio card before you really even start reading. I want that to reach out and grab you and tell you, I want this guy just based on that teaser alone. The the for me like uh, when you're doing something that's designed after you know the sort of '80s sensation of uh, of toy as it is, uh, just the idea that the 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 name and their description is like a trailer for a movie for them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, and we're gonna work that into the art of all these characters as well. That's cool. So every box will be unique for the characters that come in boxes. Um, 
there won't be like a set guide for boxes like where all your uh, wave two generations figures all come in the same style packaging. No, each box will cater and each piece of art will cater to that character, who they are and what their personality and what they look like is. Well, that's really going to mess with my OCD. <laughs> we'll be sure to have like the logo on them. <laughs> that's awesome. Now you were talking like, um, who do you have a leader for the heroes yet? Like have, so they, the heroes have a team, right? So do they have a leader? Our, our protectors have a team. Um, they, they do have a leader, um, but it's more like there's a leader and then there's like a mate. There's an old sage. Oh, okay. Well. Right on. Okay. So you have Astroblast, who's the leader of the good guys. Okay. But then you have Boneyard, who's like, he's been around a really long time. He's the sage. He's seen a lot of different things. And he's kind of explaining to him and to our audience what's going on in this world that okay. that they need to fight what what is the evil that they need to take on and story story is very important to us mm-hmm. specifically to me because i worked on story while i was at hasbro yeah. and i i think story can just elevate things to the next level and that that's why i want to go out and get someone like simon who yeah who is as good uh at taking that level of story to the next level because I, I wanted people to see that story is important to us so uh so that's why we got Simon. Now, where um, where do you plan on on dis, uh, uh, distrib- distributing your story? Will it be within the packaging, or or will it be an online comic? Will will you actually produce a physical comic and sell it? Or um, well, comics know? are very expensive to produce. I, I can imagine, yeah. And uh, I think right now our plan is for the first year. Keep it to the bios, maybe some pro stories online. Uh, keep it to our digital download rewards, the part okay. of our Kickstarter, and uh, and see where it goes from there. Cool, it's awesome. Now, last question: um, Can we expect to see you guys uh, and your team members at uh, upcoming conventions? I think we've hit our conventions for all the year, for the year. Uh, we have really nothing else planned prior to February, which is when our uh, crowdfunding campaign launches. Okay. So if there's conventions out there that would like to host us, please contact us. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a couple conventions I'm looking into specifically one in Canada on, Ooh. I think February 1st. Ooh. Uh, I forget what it's called. The 80s, 80s toy expo. Yes. Yeah. That'll be yeah. a Mississauga. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I may have to go to that now. We're, we're thinking about trying to make a trip up there because at that point we'll have the prototype ready. Oh, so no, you you better go because I'm going to go if you're going. <laughs> so so we'll see we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. So, <laughs> um, right on. Well, we've got some rapid fire that uh, that I've got. I, we've never done it with three people, so I, I may just limit it to uh, to Aaron or uh, sorry to uh, to Rick here. Oh, I know. I know. I totally fucked that up. <laughs> so, uh, if I say pass, can I deflect the Trenton candy? Sure. Yeah, you can do okay. that. Let's do that. Um, you're so, going to phone a friend. Is that what you're going to do on, yes. on these questions that really don't affect you? <laughs> so, yeah, um, they're really easy. Just yes or no, or, or picker, you know, just binary kind of questions. Uh, so Autobot or Decepticon? Decepticon. Who is your favorite Decepticon? Ooh. 
sick shot. That's a good answer. Uh, Transformers, the movie, Michael Bay movie, one, two, three, or four? One. Megan Fox, Rosie Huntington Wheatley. Megan Fox. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The IDW comics, More Than Meets the Eye, or Robots in Disguise? (laughs) The one that's on the Lost Light. What is that? Robots in Disguise? That's it. Yes. The Lost Light. All right. It's more than meets the eye, Daryl. <laughs> what? That's more you than said... meets the eye. That's what I said. No. Yeah, the oh, boy guy. No, the, lo- the lost light. Whatever. The lost light. Yeah. I said, yes, it is. Yeah. No, he said robots in disguise, and you said, yes, that's right. Oh. Well, it's a delay. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the answer to this one. Third party toys, yes or no? course yes <laughs> all right cats or dogs Ooh, you bastard um mm, i have both so but i'm gonna go with cats okay coffee or tea coffee god damn who would ever ask that question <laughs> chicken Canadian, or steak that's, seriously chicken you're asking you're, you're asking me that question for i you. am yep uh, yeah it's being asked I know I'm going to say steak, but I'm, I bet you Candace says, like, chicken. Candace left. Can- <laughs> chicken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> steak. Of course it's going to be steak. What type of question is that? <laughs> Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Come on, Diet Coke. <laughs> hey, I'm with you with that. I like Diet Coke way better. Uh, Burger King or McDonald's? McDonald's. Mickey D's. da 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 da, da. <laughs> uh, History or science? Oh, I love both channels. Uh, hmm. Science. Xbox or PlayStation? I'm not a gamer. Right. A decent computer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not a gamer. Pass. <laughs> All right. Who's, who, who are we passing into? I guess you're passing to Trent. I said a computer. <laughs> <laughs> Stripper club. Freaking steam for the win. <laughs> Strip club. <laughs> Um, I will skip Call of Duty or Battlefield because <laughs> that won't have, that won't have matter. Either. Wasteland Two, <laughs> <laughs> PC or Mac? Mac, PC. <laughs> <laughs> iPhone or Android? iPhone, baby. iPhone. What phone app can you not live without? Ooh, ah, uh, ooh, ah, uh, Candy Crush Saga. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of girly, but sure, I'll go with it. I'll take it. My square reader. <laughs> Marvel or DC? Marvel all the way, man. Marvel, Marvel. all the way. <laughs> Who is your favorite Marvel character? <sighs> Probably the Hulk. Hmm? I'm the Trent? goddamn Space Knight. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a Hasbro character, not a Marvel character. Okay. And we'll uh we'll go with uh let's see. Actually right now it's probably uh it's probably Howard the Duck, actually. <laughs> Alright. Like comics Howard the Duck, not movie Howard the Duck. Yeah. Comics Howard the Duck. Fights St- Dr. Bong, it's awesome. <laughs> Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Oh, dude. Stallone. I'm from Philly. <laughs> uh you you got one let off some steam <laughs> the chopper. I, I would say that uh it's more fun 
to listen to Stallone to uh, Schwarzenegger, especially during those Dell calls. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm from Philly, so I I gotta you know I gotta represent. Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson or Angelina Jolie? Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Twilight or Hunger Games? Motherfucker. Yeah, I asked it. What is that? Uh, well, I have never seen Twilight, uh, but I have seen The Hunger Games, and What's Her Face is pretty hot in it. What's her name? Um, the yeah, girl in that thing. Girl, Jennifer thing? Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, she's a hottie. So, um, I, I mean, I've never seen Twilight, so. Uh, are we talking? What's, why would you ask that question? Jesus. He's Canadian. <laughs> you, you, sir, have a girlfriend who took you to see that, didn't you? I've never seen either one of them, actually. Did, I can't ask that question. Can't ask that question. <laughs> uh, Pixar or DreamWorks? Pixar. Mm. Pixar. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, I yes. Would, I would ask that, wouldn't I? <sighs> Man, uh, you know, in honor of the trailer, I probably have to go with Star Wars right now, just because I I did get a little moist from watching that trailer. That that <laughs> ninety second trailer was probably better than the whole prequel trilogy combined. <laughs> it was pretty good. The Simpsons or Family Guy? Uh, well, are you talking about modern day Simpsons or like Simpsons from fifteen years ago? I'm talking about all Simpsons. Uh, I probably have to go with Family Guy. Take the good with the bad. I'd have to go with uh, with Simpsons uh, if we're talking about most recent. All right. I defy your binary. (laughs) 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 The show we've missed: Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Ooh, ah, for me it's Walking Dead, and you got twenty minutes before the replay is on. So yeah. But I love walking. I love uh, Game of Thrones too. Yeah, they're both really good. Khaleesi. <laughs> AMC makes it way less of a pain in the ass for me to see one than uh, HBO <laughs> makes me makes it to see the other. That's true. So I'm gonna have to throw with Walking Dead. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NHL, or NBA. <laughs> oh. How nerdy are you? Was it the Canadian asking that? Yep. <laughs> Football, baby. Oh. NFL. Okay. Nice. I'd like You'll to know how many people right have said here. hockey. Yeah, and just relish in your I'm, answer. I'm to an that Eagles question. and Patriots fan. <laughs> Go Eagles. How would you Morning turn? Event type, uh, type variety. Um, I, I'd have to say that my favorite team is the Sportland Sports, number one in points. Um, <laughs> Right on. Okay. <laughs> I am not no, I, I'm not a sports guy. <laughs> I don't begrudge anybody else their sportsiness, but I don't know or care. <laughs> uh Porsche, Ferrari, or Lamborghini. Ooh, ah, geez. Um They're all can cars. I can I go for <laughs> the shitty option and say Dotson? <laughs> Dotson? <laughs> say the poor man's Ferrari? <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah. Hey, if you're paying, I'll drive any of them. So. <laughs> and the last one, blonde, brunette, or redhead? Brunette, of course. Uh, redhead. Very good. Well, we're done. 
uh, thank you guys very much, all of you, for for taking the time out of your night to uh, to join us and talk about uh, play with this too, and then your your past at uh, you know Hasbro and and all the other stuff you've done. Um, where can uh, where can people find you online? We're on this. We do this. Face- Have you guys heard about this Facebook? Facebook. <laughs> We're on Facebook. I've, I've uh, heard of playwiththis2.com. Book, <laughs> We're on this thing called Tumblr where nobody visits us and no <laughs> comments. So I've, there's this other thing called Instagram, which I have to look into now, um, which the kids are using these days. And finally, we're on this twit, Twitter, Twitter, Twit, <laughs> Whoa. We do the Twit, Twit thing. We, we Twit. <laughs> Twitter, tweet, at tweet. With this you, tweet you Tweet, you <laughs> Tweet. That's why I need Trent. Because, uh, yeah, because I, he's a public relations nightmare. No, um... <laughs> Uh, we we are on all the major social media, and uh, the the Facebook page does tend to have the the most up to date and uh, revealing information. Right on. We will put links in our show notes to all these things, so our listeners do not have to quickly scribble down the URLs. Mm-hmm. And the guy who was about to pull over in his car to do that, thanks you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let let me know so I can find uh, where we are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is your crowdfunding going to be done through Kickstarter or have you not decided that yet? We we're I'm like 90% sure it'll be Kickstarter. Cool. And that'll be February. February. February if everything goes well, yes. Uh pre- you know, pending any uh circumstances that we can't control, but uh all all signs point to February as of right now. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again uh, very much, guys. Hey, thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah, thanks we, for having we appreciate us. it. It's fun. We, you know, we kind of just goof around and uh, don't don't take us too seriously when we're on these podcasts because we're, you know, we're just nerds who uh, want to make fun of ourselves and do crazy stuff. So <laughs> don't, don't take us too fun too seriously. Never do. All right. Awesome. Well, that being said, Skullfucker is a character. <laughs> <laughs> cut! Cut! <laughs> that is a real character in our lineup. <laughs> I think I have my intro for the show. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm going to stop now. Right on. Again, uh, thanks to Rick and Trent and Candace for coming on and talking to us about uh, play with this too and other uh, sl- slightly Transformers related things. <laughs> we are still a Transformers podcast, so don't forget that. <laughs> but uh, I think this is a really cool. Uh, this initiative is really cool. I think uh, it definitely uh, evokes uh, some of that '80s nostalgia, but gives you the you know a lot of the modern sensibilities. So. Uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on it and be looking forward to seeing more of what you guys are doing. And uh, we'll be sure to uh, to uh, highlight the Kickstarter when that comes out uh, next year. Cool. Thank you. Uh, this this does not exist without uh, fan support. So help us. Help us. And uh, our commitment to you guys is that we'll make it as cool as we can. All right. Thank you. Thank thanks you. for the thanks for the. All right, guys. World. Thank you. Thanks, thank guys. You. Thank you. Take care. So uh, so we're going to wrap up the show here, but uh, please, uh, just to remind you, if you like what we're doing, don't forget to 
leave us feedback, uh, give us some reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. That's uh, always, we always appreciate that. Uh, also, don't uh, forget to check out the uh, petition that we started to get a G1 comic, a uh, G1 cartoon as a new comic for IDW. So we're trying to drum up support for that and get people to sign that petition. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, also, uh, you can leave us feedback on our website, also on all the social media. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, all those places and, uh, and leave us some comments. And, uh, if you have any questions for the play with this two guys, uh, I'm sure we can, we can forward those on to those guys and, uh, you can check out their social media as well and, uh, and interact with them. So thanks again for listening and we will see you next time. Bye bye. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for picking up our transmission. Give us feedback on our website at www.transmissionspodcast.com where you can find all of our contact info on social media and links to all of our show notes discussed in each episode. You can also email us directly at feedback at transmissionspodcast.com.